0: The Sports Gazette World Cup podcast has covered every single game since the start of the tournament and the final of Qatar 22 is now upon us. Last night, we saw France beat Morocco to set up a grand final against Argentina on Sunday afternoon. Joining me on the podcast tonight to review preview the game is my co-host, Jackson Fuller. How's it going, Mike? And Sports Gazette writer, Dan Evans. Hi, hey guys. So, without further ado, let's talk about this World Cup final. So guys, it's been an incredible tournament in which both France and Argentina have earned their right to compete in this final. Didier Deschamps is on the brink of winning back-to-back World Cups, and it must be said that this French side seem to have that winner's mentality. Jackson, what's impressed you most
1: about France this tournament? Uh I mean I think it's their their quality obviously jumps off the page with Mbappe, Griezmann and Giroud, but it's just their depth. Uh they might not be they might not have the depth within this particular squad that maybe an England uh or even a Brazil might have, but to come here with the injuries that they had, no Pogba, no Conte, uh, Benzema missing out at the very end just before the World Cup started and to still reach the final is super impressive. And it it shows that they've got players that can, can do a lot of different roles. Uh, We talked about Griezmann last night, serving as an eight for maybe the first time in his life and playing uh, the defensive match of his life last night against uh, against Morocco. So I think it's just their versatility and their ability to do whatever it takes to, to find ways to win has been super impressive. And uh, at the end of the day, they have one of the, best players in the world and two of the top players in the world with the way Griezmann's playing. So it's uh, maybe uh, it's not shocking that we've gotten here, but uh, it's definitely been a a different route to get here for France compared to four years ago.
0: Yeah, Dan has covered Argentina throughout this tournament in his Daily World Cup column, which you can find littered across the Sports Gazette website. Dan, same question to you, mate. Uh, How uh, have Argentina impressed you this tournament overall?
2: I think they have because I wasn't entirely sure what to think of them before the tournament started. I know they were on sort of thirty six game unbeaten run, I think it was, but they hadn't played any sort of major European sides in that time. Only Italy and that uh Finalissima thing at Wembley between the Copper America and Euro twenty twenty winners. Um and then obviously they lost that game to Saudi Arabia and that just felt like a massive flashback to the last World Cup where we saw they were a complete mess. They were so over reliant on Messi to do something special, and towards the end of that game, it, that that's what they did. They they just relied on Messi to try and do something for them, and you felt like if they were going to get anywhere in this tournament, it would be all down to him. And I know the narrative around Messi, around Argentina at the moment, is that it's been his tournament and he's done everything for him, for them. But I think the the coach Lionel Scaloni's done a great job, sort of altering things. You know, he's brought Julian Alvarez into the team. Um, He's brought Enzo Fernandez into the team. And they do look like a well-functioning, solid unit. Like they change between a back four and a back five. They look equally comfortable in both. And I think we saw the semi-final the other day, they were too good for Croatia. I think that was a lot, that was down to Messi. But I think as a team, they look really solid as well.
0: Yeah, he definitely deserves some credit. He has changed it quite a bit since the start of the tournament. Maybe that result against Saudi Arabia was just a freak result. We did touch on that the other day in the podcast. But looking ahead to the actual game then, Jackson, we touched on it briefly yesterday, but we will go into it in a bit more depth now. Argentina's route to this final, while not completely straightforward, has been comparatively easier than France's. This game, though, will undoubtedly be Lionel Scaloni's biggest test yet Surely.
1: Yeah, uh, then it's been easier, I think, just in the sense that France have played England and Argentina haven't. <laughs> uh, I, I really think we're going to look back on this tournament and, you know, the next couple of years and consider England possibly the third best team that in the tournament. And uh, I hope that doesn't pain you too much, Michael, to know how close you were to, to having it actually coming home. But uh, I think, you know, France have played a team with superstar attackers, Saka, Kane, Foden, you know, even Bellingham can uh, turn up in the attack uh, every once in a while. And Argentina just haven't quite played a a team like that. And they will on Sunday against France. And uh, I think that's really the biggest test for Scaloni and for the Argentinian side is how do they deal with uh, Mbappe? He uh, ran rampant against them four years ago in the uh, round of 16 and uh, really kind of turned it into a track meet, if you will, where Ar- where France where Argentina were arguably just as good with France in that game, but France had more speed, more athleticism, and I thought that was the biggest difference in them uh, prevailing to go on to the quarterfinals in the last World Cup. And if it comes down to the same thing this year, I do think Argentina are a little bit younger, a little bit you know stronger and faster with guys like Julian Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez, but Mbappe might be the trump card, and it's going to be fascinating to see how argentina kind of deal with him i think england and morocco did a pretty good job with mbappe uh but still he i think he was he didn't create the goal for Chua many but he dragged defenders with him to open up the space for him to score a, a worldie from midfield against england and then last night he was uh played small parts in both goals so you he you can quiet him down on goals and assists and he can still have an impact just with the amount of defenders he draws to him. And it'll be up to Argentina to find a way to keep him in check, but not be unbalanced with their defense and make sure they're also keeping their eyes on Giroud, Dembele and uh, and
0: Griezmann. 100%. I, you just mentioned it. And Dan, you mentioned it in your last answer. They definitely... Have, have come on leaps and bounds since the start of the tournament. Argentina look more cohesive and it's not just Messi anymore, although they do rely quite heavily on him anyway. But you'd have to say on paper that this ge- this game does seem to be in France's hands. They, Like we've mentioned, they've beaten the likes of England, Denmark, and Morocco on their route to this final. And in Mbappe, Giroud, many Griezmann, to name only a few, they've got some of the most informed players in this tournament. Uh, how do you think France would approach this game? And do you think it would be their toughest test in the same way it would be Argentina's purely because it is a World Cup final and there's so much at risk?
2: I agree with Jackson. I think England was France's toughest test. I think those two, for me, were the most like well-matched countries, the two countries that are most sort of sure in their uh, respective like, tactical systems and stuff. This is a different test just because of Messi, I think it's how you play Messi. But I think France have shown, especially the last two games, England and Morocco, they're very willing to be adaptable. Like in both of those games, they let the other team have the ball. It was especially noticeable last night against Morocco. I think because Morocco have shown themselves to be such uh, like effective counter attackers. Uh, they just they just decided to let Morocco have the ball and go go and then what can you do when you've got to play a completely different way. And Morocco had a few moments. They obviously there was the ones cleared off the line towards the end of the game. But I think France just looks so sure of themselves, so sort of comfortable in their system with what Deschamps wants them to do. That I I I don't know how they're going to play the the final on Sunday. I don't know what the approach to Messi will be in particular. But I wouldn't back against them finding like another way of playing, whether it be dominating the ball or letting Argentina have more of it that works in this final.
0: Hmm. Jackson, there's no question that France is, is a more well-rounded team than, than their opponents. I've already mentioned some of the standout players and we've discussed it throughout, but all across the park, they've got world-class personnel. Uh, of course, those opponents have Messi and even at 35 years old, he's still managing to torment defences, be that through sublime assists or individual brilliance. I actually think that the French defence has though at times looked slightly vulnerable, especially against England. We had quite a lot of joy against them. And like Dan just mentioned, so did Morocco last night, although they didn't fashion any clear-cut chances per se. Uh, do you think Messi will be able to exploit that? Or do you think Deschamps will have a, a plan set out to nullify his influence on the game?
1: I don't... I, I, I think Messi can exploit anything, really. Uh, I mean, what he did to Gavardi all in the semi-final is... Just it, it, I kind, I couldn't believe it—a thirty-five-year-old doing that to a twenty-year-old who's about to be one of the most expensive defenders in all of football. But will Deschamps have a plan to stop it? He'll try, that's for sure. Uh, I think a lot of managers have have come in with plans, and they haven't exactly turned out the way they would have liked. I think the interesting thing for me, comparing Argentina to England in this in this juncture, is England have some guys on the wings like Saka and Foden that. I don't know if Argentina really have. Uh, of course, Messi can do stuff like that. But he's going to be, I think he's going to play in the middle. And uh, like he has been for most of this tournament, floating around, of course. But one thing I, th- I think when France looked the most vulnerable throughout this tournament is when he, uh, the uh, the opposition has guys on the wing, especially down the right side where uh, Teo Hernandez and Mbappe operate that are dangerous, cutting inside, de- delivering crosses, and stuff like that. And I'm not 100% sure Argentina have those kinds of players that can make them nervous, but all it takes is one moment of brilliance from Messi, and uh, if Argentina go up one nothing, then France have to change the way that they often like to play, this kind of defensive shape. And I think that's really the interesting part for me, is both of these teams, they lost a game in the group stage, but... Since then, you know, they haven't gone behind and they they haven't faced too, too much adversity where they have to really get desperate and, you know, bring out all of the stops trying to find a goal somehow. And one of them is, will unless it's a nil-nil game going to penalties, uh, one of them is going to fall behind in this one. And uh, the tactical battle and acumen of the two managers uh, is going to be fascinating to watch. and. I tend to side with Deschamps on that, despite, you know, I think we maybe don't give him enough credit. He's trying to become just the second manager to ever win two World Cup titles. Uh, we often think of him as defensive and, you know, not the most exciting of managers, but he's he's gotten here, you know, two straight World Cups now. So I, I think he's got a little bit of an advantage there, but it's, it's always tough to stop one Lionel Messi. Hmm.
0: I think just to add to that as well, I think if... If Argentina do score first, it will be interesting to see how he switches the game plan because they are fast starters, scoring first uh, against the Netherlands, it brings to mind, um, and the game against Croatia, obviously, as well, scored, scored quite early on. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion around this game about the proverbial passing of the baton from Messi to Mbappe. Dan, how much of this game boils down to who has the better performance out of the two, if at all? I
2: think there's something in that. I think... If Argentina are going to win, I think Messi's got to have a good game. He's got to be influential. Whereas I think France might be able to win, even if Mbappe's sort of peripheral. Which, like I'd say, in the last couple of games, the quarterfinal and the semi-final, Mbappe's been on the periphery a bit. Like he's not, he's not scored. Which I know, like his game's not all about scoring goals. But England, especially, sort of had a plan for how they were going to deal with him, and they they did deal with him basically. But if you do that, you take sort of concentration away from Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele. Like they still have other incredible players there. Whereas with Argentina, we've seen throughout this tournament, guys like Julian Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez have maybe become sort of future stars, and they they'll, they'll definitely have an impact in this game. If if Di Maria is still injured and not not able to play sort of significant minutes, then it is just all about what Messi can do. I think that's that maybe makes the tactical plan easier for Deschamps than it makes it for Scaloni. In terms of sort of a passing of the baton, I don't know, I think in players like Mbappe's mind, he's already at Messi's level. He can already do the things that Messi uh, could do at his age and can do now, so... I don't, that's diff, that's a that, that's a difficult one to answer, really. But like, if Mbappe wins, that's two World Cups at the age of twenty-three. I think he'll be pretty happy with that.
0: I don't know if you saw, but there was a. I think it was on an Irish broadcaster. It was Damien Duff speaking about uh, no, Mbappe see. and Messi. I don't know if you saw it. He was kind of saying that uh, Messi, in his twenties, at the age that Mbappe is, will he, he was so much better than Mbappe is now. So he he would definitely disagree with what you just said, but it was it was it seemed like a hot take. But thinking about it now, I don't know Messi Messi in his early early stages of Barcelona. I don't know if you can compare him to Mbappe now. I think they're just I, I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know. I how, think I, making you a
2: comparison him? now or, or comparison between how Messi was then and how Mbappe is now is it not pointless? But I I don't think it's got much merit to it because football changes, right? Football's not the same now as it was when mm. Messi uh, was. Mbappe's age, but a more sort of poignant thing I think is is talking about that Julian Alvarez second goal uh, on Tuesday, the the Messi dribble on Guardiola. There, I think Messi ten years ago gets away from Guardiola on the initial sort of on the touchline when he beats him the first time, but now he's a bit older. He's got to mm. go and beat him twice before he can get in the box. And obviously, if you're Lionel Messi, that's not really a big problem. Like You can do that. Whereas Mbappe, <laughs> we saw Mbappe go on a dribble last night where he basically goes from his own half. He beats three guys, gets absolutely clattered at the end, which I, I think was a foul. But like that's a different story. <laughs> but, um, a <laughs> but, but that's the thing. That's the difference between them now. In, in these moments, you could even argue Mbappe is more decisive because he's got that pace. He's... Is there a better more sort of clinical finisher when he gets one on one? I'm not sure, but like the story's about Messi. I hope Messi wins. That's that's what I'll say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you, you wouldn't say it's pointless. I'll say it. Compare that comparison is pointless. And the, the two biggest reasons I, I just don't want to make that comparison are one, Mbappe doesn't he if I would maybe be willing to if he played in La Liga or you know, the Premier League or the Bundesliga, I think it's just so hard uh, to judge him in Ligue 1, and I don't want to hold that against him, but it's just it's just difficult to judge his success over there compared to what Messi was accomplishing in, at Barcelona and La Liga and in the Champions League. And two, even when Messi was younger, very different styles of player. I think you're right, like Messi does, once he gets past Gavardio the first time he's gone uh, when he was younger, but still, yeah. Messi at his peak is not as fast or as strong as as Mbappe is. And they're just such different players. And, look, I've, I've been shouting from the rooftop that Mbappe is the best player in the world right now, but that doesn't mean, like, Messi for 10 years was the best player in the world, and he's he's 35 now. It's okay to, to kind of, you know, we don't have to compare these two, like, right now and try and figure out who is... Going to have the better career? Who was better in their prime? Because we still have so much to see from Mbappe, and we should appreciate what we have seen from Messi.
0: Fair enough. I think uh, Damian Duff. Then he's a bit of a hot take, (laughs) I reckon. Uh, From from a tactical perspective, then, guys, are there any key matchups you're looking forward to seeing? Jackson, we'll we'll start with you, mate.
1: Yeah, I think I'm really interested to see uh, when Argentina have possession. Chouameni and how he uh, plays against Messi and uh, Alvarez. I think Chouameni is a world-class midfielder. He's put in some pretty good defensive shifts and been important parts of the attack this World Cup. But he does have lapses. The the penalty on Saka, I thought, against England. Uh, France were outnumbered in the midfield, and he really struggled with that. I do think France are probably going to be outnumbered in the midfield again in this final. And uh, if, if Chouameni does have... You know, all it takes is one lapse in concentration and Argentina can can pounce. So I'm very interested to see the middle of the park, Chiuamani trying to marshal, you know, Messi, Alvarez when he drifts in there, while also having to deal with, with the Argentinian midfield, Rodrigo de Paul and, and Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, um, I
2: definitely agree. Midfield's going to be important. France's going to have to rely on Griezmann continuing to be basically Griezmann, Kante and Pogba. All at once, as he's been in this <laughs> tournament so far. But I think uh, it's also interesting with France up front as well, because there's all this talk about Benzema potentially being available. We, it would be it would be crazy if Deschamps, because I know he answered a question last night after the game. Someone asked him, and the, the way he responded made it sound like he is going to do something crazy, like bring him straight into the team. Or I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But Giroud's had another really good tournament, really influential tournament. And the Argentinian, Argentinian defence has been a lot better than what I expected it to be, particularly Ottomendi because I think what we remember of Ottomendi from Man City was he was a good sort of aggressive defender on his day, but he definitely had a lot of uh, like flaws to him. Like he, he could make a lot of mistakes and Giroud's the kind of guy like you give him half a yard of space in the box and he'll kill you, like he did against England. Harry Maguire lost him for a split second and he scores a winning goal. Like If Otamendi is that sort of slack with him on Sunday, then like he could decide this game quite easily.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with the, both of those shouts. Um, before we wrap this up, guys, Jackson, you said on yesterday's pod that you might change your prediction after we've discussed the game in more depth. Are you sticking with France or are you twisting?
1: No, I'm sticking with France, but I'm terrified of that prediction just because it seems like ever since the Saudi Arabia game, everything that's happened for Argentina feels like it's written in the stars for Messi to to lift the trophy at the end. But I just think that this France side, there's, I made the comparison to the three-time Champions League Real Madrid team. It just, there's something about this team. They don't have to play good football to win. And, uh, they could play bad football or and if they play their best football, I don't think Argentina have a shout, actually. Like if, if they actually are clicking on all cylinders and, and Mbappe is tormenting that right side of the Argentinian defense and Griezmann's picking up dangerous spaces, I don't I don't think Argentina will win this game. Uh and for me, that ceiling and their relatively high floor makes me makes me lean France.
0: Dan, how do you how do you see this guy? I just make?
2: have to believe in Messi. I have to believe in Argentina. It's it's sort of It makes me believe there's still something good and sort of wholesome about football. Like this this tournament's been so ugly on so many levels, but if Messi can lift it as like this last hurrah, like I'd love it if he won this and then just said, yeah, I'm finished with football now. Like it's not going to get any better. There's no point going back to PSG and like trying to win a Champions League, probably getting knocked out in the quarterfinal in some sort of crazy circumstances. But like Jackson saying, France are just inevitable, aren't they? France they've got so many injuries they've got so many players missing can you really imagine another nation that's missing basically the spine of its team getting this far in back-to-back tournaments Is yeah they deserve credit either way but I, I just want it to happen for messi so i'm gonna say that it will happen for messi argentina to win it look
1: if, dan <laughs> well, if, if i've been I, i'm gonna be cheering for france on sunday probably but you know, if, if God wants to come in and give me a dream that Messi winning this means he leaves PSG <laughs> and comes to enter Miami, I'll be here for with you. But that's that's the only way. <laughs> right, guys, I think
0: that would be a good point uh, to end it. An amazing month of football. What's, All your, comes predict-
1: out- Michael? Uh, What's your prediction? My you prediction. What
0: you I, I I think I, I think France will win. I think it's pretty nailed on. But like Dan said, I want I want Messi to, to win the World Cup and get rid of any of those silly debates about who's the greatest of all time. Um, it's not even close. So There's I, no I debate. would like Messi to, to lift the trophy. <laughs> no debate, yeah. Um, I'd like Messi to win the win the trophy, but I think France will have too much on the day. But yeah, as, as I was saying, I think we should end it there, guys. An amazing month of football comes to an end uh, with this game on Sunday. It's going to be a fascinating affair. Will it be the fairy tale ending for Messi, the one we've just discussed, or will France be crowned back to back World Cup champions? It's all set up for a fantastic game of football on Sunday afternoon. Dan Jackson, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both for your time. The Sports Gazette World Cup podcast will be back on Sunday evening after the World Cup champions have been crowned. So goodbye for now.